What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Dr. Demiso Josie with the Empowerment Perspective Group. Coming to you with today's episode of the Empowerment Perspective Podcast, we sit down with author Cheryl McBride and discuss how to get yourself in the right mental place to overcome any obstacles that you may encounter in your life. Sit back and enjoy, and as always, stay empowered. I think it really starts when you reflect back and you start realizing that damage that you're doing to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, positive affirmations is something that we should be practicing and we should start really, really young mm-hmm. and start loving yourself. Because Absolutely. if you don't love you, and I, we've said this yeah, before, how is it even possible for you to love someone else? Yeah. So if you can't tell yourself nice things, how can you actually be genuine and tell someone else some things that are positive about themselves? So it really begins and ends with you. you. It's the Empowerment Perspective Podcast, hosted by Demiso Josie and Mr. Kareem Spence. Stay empowered. Stay empowered. All right, welcome to yet another episode of the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. I go by the name of Dr. Demiso A. Josie alongside. Spence is here. What's going on, sir? Man, it is a good day for football outside. It is a good football weather day. I'm a little disappointed that, you know, the sun should be out. Okay. Like the pool's still open Hit the potato on I'm getting in there At some point This weekend Because it's, it's over from here This is the last weekend you yeah, Maybe one time. more Stretch it out one more I get depressed When I see the cover Over, over the pool When okay. winter time comes I hate the cold So okay. That's kind of I don't know It, it bothers me I, I like the cold. You like the cold? Listen, I don't want you walking around, man. It's 95 degrees outside. You can't breathe. You got to buy water. You got to buy, like, cold refreshments. It's now, expensive. I want to take you back to when we went to Michigan mm-hmm. and to Chicago. Mm-hmm. You remember how cold it was out there? I do. I hey, do you, you, you enjoyed that. But I got some hot cookies. That's yeah, true. You did have <laughs> some hot cookies. That is true. So, uh, we also joined on the show with my daughter, Simone. How are we doing? Good. All right, we're going to get to you in a second, and school has started and all that stuff, so we're going to talk about that, because last time you were on the show, you were a little nervous about mm-hmm. starting middle school, mm-hmm. so I, I told you your fans want to know what is your experience like um, now, but we'll get to that in a second, because I do have a take a personal that I have to talk about. Let's go. So, I, I, I try to be involved in my children's life all the time, obviously, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to their act- extracurricular activities. So they play soccer, mm-hmm. and then I coached them for a while, and I said, you know what, I'm going to just be a dad and a fan and just watch it. Mm-hmm. So I sat back and watched it one year, and then Simone had a terrible coach, and then I, she didn't learn anything, so I was like, I, I have to get back into mm-hmm. this game. So last year, I said, I'm going to get back in as an assistant. So I got an mm-hmm. assistant job. Okay. I didn't have to worry about all the rosters and all that stuff. I could come and go as I please. It was great. Mm-hmm. So then I'm coaching her team. They're doing pretty good and everything else like that. And then um, I was like, this year, I said, you know what? I'm going to sign up to be an assistant again. We got the same team. We try to bring the same girls okay. back. I get this email from the league, uh-huh. and I get a roster. You're Completely coaching. different. <laughs> when you get a roster? I get a roster of girls. Okay. They, with my name as the head coach. Was your daughter one of them? She my daughter was one of okay, them. Okay, let's make sure she's on your roster. The rest of them okay. was a completely different team. Okay. Now, mind you, there was parents that were, like, recommending our team mm-hmm. and wanted to, you know, play on our team. So, I asked the league to make sure that this particular girl and these girls would get on the team. And they gave okay. me a completely different roster. And I was like, hold up. I said, okay. I was supposed to be an assistant coach, not a head coach. Okay. So, should I be taking this personal? You should. I should, huh? And, and part of that is because, you know, you participated in your fantasy draft. So, had you drafted your own team... This is true. Then you would have had exactly who you needed. You're right. But you allowed other people to dictate who's going to be on your team. Now, you know, just like in fantasy football, when you don't show up, we just give you anybody. You, That's anybody. Yes. And I'm really happy with this team, though. The team's very good. The girls okay. got some um, good players on it. So, the first game, we had a first game last weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, my second take a personal story is Wasn't it hot so, last weekend? It was hot. Yeah. It was really hot last uh-huh. weekend. So, it was the first time they pl- I seen them play together. So, we go up. I'm going to say it was 5 nothing. Okay. And then the ref comes over to me and was like, yo, the coach told, told me to ask you to stop scoring. <laughs> coach. <laughs> told the ref. 
to stop scoring. To come over and tell me, you know, you're up five nothing, stop scoring. So I, you know, I take a player off, playing a man down. I'm trying to move people to different positions. Now, mind you, these are what eight to ten year old girls, and they get an open breakaway. They gonna take it anyway. So we yes. score again. So they score one, and I was like, all right, it's on now. Score some more. <laughs> so we kept scoring. Okay. And then I was like, you know what? All right, we gotta pull back some more. So I was like, everybody on defense, just play possession at this particular point. I'm still stuck when the coach had you. Uh, decide rather than if you were going to score. Now, how about stopping you? How about that's that? what I said to the ref. I said you got to coach this team. <laughs> how about you taking adjustments? Right. No, he he wanted to make me stop scoring all that stuff. So, um, long story short, we ended up winning eight to one in that particular game. Then the parent comes up to me from the other team. Mm-hmm. Like I walk across the field, you go, you know, say goodbye or whatever. Parent comes up to me and was like. You know, I really want to thank you for not destroying these girls' egos and all this other stuff. I thought he was being sarcastic. I was like, what do you want me to do? I took players off, <laughs> told them to pass. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. So I don't know if he's being sincere or not, but I, I think I should take that person. Well, his thing. When it comes to, to competition, you only get better after you get destroyed. Mm. So I know they're young, but at the same time, that what point do we allow those that are really doing well to mm. continue to do well? It's right. like education. Yes, it's like we're going to slow you down just so that everybody else can be catch up. Oh, this is true. I was like, you can run score up. Okay, oh. <laughs> run score fifty. Um. Well, I feel like the coach that like that was not right. Like, like he needs to teach his team to do better mm. than like tell us to like stop. Doing it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I agree with you 100%. So. That reality doesn't exist nowhere else in the world. Mm-mm. Can you imagine if Mercedes Benz called Ford and they said, hey, listen, <laughs> stop selling cars? Stop selling cars. <laughs> this is true. Man, I mean, this is also a sport that gives out participation trophies and all that stuff. And I don't know, man. I feel like we're setting these children up for failure at some on some level with all of this. Uh, you know, participation trophies and don't score now. And um, yeah, guess what? Your feelings are going to get hurt at some point in life. Yeah, right? you're going to get beat <laughs> pretty yes. bad in life at some point in time. Yes, and um, you know you need to be able to handle that. Resilience is what we're trying to build. Mm-hmm. So when when you've been through enough, you can only be tougher. Right. It's like you know, it doesn't matter if I get beat by five, I'll get by fifty. Listen, you still lose. It's like this week in fantasy football, I lost by thirty. Sheesh. I still it's lost. lost. It makes it sense. Matter. So rather it was, I'd rather lose by thirty than lose by one. That's when the heartbreak comes in. <laughs> That's true. All right, one point. Mm-hmm. So school has started in this lovely state of New Jersey. Yes. Everyone's back in, in in the you know grind mode. We had our first full week. How how was your? Uh, Nobody's happy. I'm not happy. <laughs> Found out I got back to school on, on Monday night, so I got to stay even later. Uh-huh. So. It's just too much, too fast. So. I want to know if you learned your lesson because this time last year you had the band aids on the heels because you had the wrong shoes. <laughs> yes. Did you learn your lesson? Yes, <laughs> get some good shoes. Oh, so here's what happened we had uh, our first fire drill, I think it was Thursday. Um, so we had the meeting, and then again, they told me last minute. So I had the wrong shoes on, so I went home, changed my shoes, came back. <laughs> so my shoes were not made to walk on certain sides. <laughs> Surfaces it's too early, so I went ahead and put some more comfortable shoes on so I could walk across the grass. That's funny. That's so I made adjustments. So that's you what you do when you go through stuff and you get a little pain. You make an make adjustment. Make an adjustment. Interesting. Speaking of making adjustments, my lovely daughter. The last episode, on actually two episodes ago, you were talking about your fears of starting middle school and all of that stuff. How is it going right now? Um, it's going fine, I guess. What do you mean, you guess? Is it was it as bad as you thought it was going to be? No, but it's only like I don't know, like seven days in, and it is harder. It's harder. Yeah, it's harder than I thought. Uh, what's hard about it? Um, homework on the weekends. Yes. Homework on the weekends. Yes. yes. This is a new territory for her. And, and then. It's Not on the weekends in elementary school. She's in the middle really? of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. But it's like, it's not that, it's it's kind of easy. Because, like, I feel like it's, you're starting a whole other chapter. Mm-hmm. But then, like, it's kind of the same 
as like my fourth grade. Before, mm-hmm. got you. So you have uh, in our school, the Hurt School District. There's four ascending schools that go to the middle school. Okay. So there's a lot of kids that are in there. It's like a regional middle school, almost. Yeah, almost. Were you overwhelmed by as many the amount of kids that are in yeah, the building? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. How bigger what the kids? Yeah, no, the uh, number of students. I think it's a school. Oh, it's big. It's, it's comparable to Egg Harbor Township. Okay. Yeah, maybe even a little bit bigger than that. Okay. I think the graduating class is close to 500 every year. Okay. So there's a lot of kids that are in that building. And it's really interesting. So you made the TAG program in, um, uh, what else you call it? The um, honors program and things of that nature. And now's the time when your friends are starting to go different ways and time to make new friends, right? Yeah. But, like, it's hard because my class is, I don't like my class. Because the kids are very annoying. Guess what? I got news for you, right? Those kids, when they get older, they're going to be the same way. You're going to be around some annoying people that do the mm-hmm. exact same thing. Mm-hmm. It's all good, though. Um, Especially when you go to Popeye's. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> very annoying. Get there. They don't have the chicken sandwich. They don't have, I mean, we talked about the chicken sandwich. Uh-huh. We talked about how we don't believe it's real. Yes, it's like the Pegasus almost. Yeah. I have never seen one. Have you ever seen a chicken sandwich before? Um, no. No, no. Well, I saw it in um, Chick-fil-A. In Chick-fil-A, but not at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. So we're, we're going to go on a quest to really see if we can actually see this chicken sandwich. Because yes. <laughs> I don't think it actually is. I don't think it's a good season. I think Our previous podcast we had on um, Evan Robb down in uh, Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, principal down there, talking about building how to build capacity in your organization. Um, so shout out to him. Um, don't forget to cop his book uh, mm-hmm. that's out there on Amazon under Evan Robb. We also have a TED Talk that's out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so in our, I guess this is year three. This is our season, third season here on the Empowerment Perspective Group. And we talked to a lot of authors, mm-hmm. people that have written a lot of books. Because mm-hmm. um, people have stuff to say. You know what I'm yes. saying? There's some really important things that people have gone through life and experienced mm-hmm. some, some things that I think, we, you know, when you share your story, other people learn. It's a healing mm-hmm. process for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. But also other people um, learn from, from your story and, and things of that nature. My daughter actually talked asked about my book today. But Daddy, why did you call the book Life Music? You didn't read the book yet. I didn't, yeah. let, I didn't let her. It read. should have been part of summer reading. Well, uh, maybe maybe this summer she okay. might be able to read uh, my book. But we did go last night. Where did we go last night? Um, where did we go last night? Every day. It's football game. Oh yeah, we went to the football. Game. And what did I tell you about the buildings? Um. You don't remember. No. What? I All told, I remember is that they're really Did good. you get cheese fries at the game? Yeah. Yes, yeah, she actually That's had good. cheese fries. But the building, the middle school and the high school, what I tell you what about mommy and daddy? Oh, you met there? Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. She like I hope they updated it by now. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Um, interesting. I'm gonna let you go because I know you got some swimming to do and hopefully you can put that phone down. Should be doing your homework on the weekend, but we're gonna let that slide for now. Since you don't have cheer practice tomorrow, but they practice on Sundays. Oh yeah, man. The, we have the Josie household only has off on Tuesdays and Fridays. Dang. Yes. Sometimes. 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 It's a rough schedule. Couch is thick. Stick. Let's go. Keep them busy. Tired. Tired. Yes. 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 For sure. So, thanks for showing up. Appreciate you. That's you want to stick around? You can. All right, so going back to the authors, um, we have a special guest in the building today. Um, again, I keep saying like the, the the one of the important things that we talk about and do with the Empowerment Perspective Group is networking. Um, you have to have the ability to talk to people that you have never met before. I've never met this woman before, but once yes. we got on the phone and started talking, we mm-hmm. saw there was a lot of commonalities going on in our conversations, and um, she has co-authored, I guess you could say, um, a book mm-hmm. um, that we see here, do, 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 Women Who Illuminate. Um, yes. And she was, uh, I was blessed enough to hear her story. Um, it was okay. a very impactful story. So, Sharon McBride, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. 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 Yeah, thank you. You're welcome Thank you. Us. Thank you. No, I'm so, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, you said welcome. I did. Are you taking yes. over the show? Yeah, I'd love to. Oh. Let's do it. <laughs> I like it. She can have it. We're going to yeah. start over from the beginning. Welcome to the Sherman Bride podcast. We can, we can bring the female pod, uh, podcast or the personality in with it, right? Ah, lovely, lovely. So let's get right into it. Uh, the book, um, 
why did you decide to be a part of it? How did it become? How did that start? How did it become uh, a reality? Like, how did that process work for you? So, um, actually, I never would have thought that a book was in my future, and um, just a series of events that occurred, and everything started to um, take me on this journey, and I just kind of followed it. Um, so I do have a story, and I, like you were talking about earlier, I think that stories connect people, mm-hmm. and in sharing your story, you're able to um, go through a process yourself. In writing this story, it was very cathartic and healing for me, and my main mission with this whole book is to connect with others, to show that life may not be what you think it may be, but it's when you show up and you persevere and you go through, I would say, like, um, my word is resilience, as you were talking about earlier. Um, you got to dig in and figure out what do you want to make of this life, and you can stay stuck or you can move forward. Mm-hmm. So when this book showed up and the possibility of writing my story, I paused for a little bit, thought about it, and was like, well, what can this possibly do? And then when I started to reflect on it, I thought, well, maybe sharing your story will help you connect with others and realize that there, everyone out there is going through life and you may come across some stumbling blocks and if you can connect with someone else, maybe they can help you through it. Maybe it's just to inspire them. Maybe it's to help them. Uh, so that was my mission in working on this book here. It's awesome. So it's a collection of, of stories. It looks like um, maybe 20 women how many women actually there's uh, 30 and um, yeah and this is the fifth book in the series there were four before this this is called the inspired impact book series published by Kate Butler and um, I've met many of these women and I've read a lot of their stories I haven't got through the book completely and some real empowering stories there of some amazing women that in you know a lot of us in the same situation I want to share and I want to connect and I want to illuminate there goes the title and help others and I think that's where we're all coming from how are you selected for this so um, I don't know if it was a selection process Uh Um, I happened to reacquire with a friend of mine um, at the beginning of 2019 and she was at Kate Butler's house doing a um, retreat and I happened to be talking to her about it and I said that sounds like a pretty um, awesome women's retreat and she said oh I think you would really like it just knowing who you are and the personal self-growth journey that you've been on and let me connect you with Kate and perhaps you might be interested in doing what I'm doing and that's when she told me she was sharing her story and I said I didn't even know that there was a platform out there that existed like this Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that there was a container of someone who gathers women's stories and then publishes them and then puts them out so a little bit of reflection on why Kate does this is her mentor is Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul guy. So uh, he is her mentor, and um, he's got you know the number one bestseller on New York Times. I think he holds the Guinness Book of World Records for that. And she had sort of the same idea and was like, why not bring together women's stories? And like I said, this is the fifth book in the series. And when I spoke to her, she's like, this is how we do it and talk to me about what you've been through in your life and then let's see if this would fit into this book because obviously if it was 30 identical stories it wouldn't make as good a reading as it does so she creates the diversity and like I said she creates the container and then we work together over the time and then uh, we get to meet other authors at a retreat and boom number one bestseller on Amazon uh, when it launched. Oh, wow, that's nice. Really yeah. nice. Yeah. We're going to talk about this retreat a little later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need a retreat. Yeah. A men's retreat, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it's like, I'm not doing it. That is too funny. Doesn't sound like fun at all. <laughs> it's not like something bad is going to happen. <laughs> Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to do something stupid. I guarantee you. That's funny. So let's dig into your story a little bit if you. Uh, yeah, let's you, do you it. Go let's it. do so, it. Um, I don't want to give all of the story away. I mean, I did read it and this is actually the first this is the first one the empowerment perspective podcast that i actually did some really research and read and took notes you see highlights and i'm, yeah. I'm you know making side notes and things of that nature so um this is 
I, mean, I was I was drawn in by the story. I, I can't be I can't lie. And um, I said, let me write some stuff down to talk about on the podcast today. But let's just start with you know your story. You can go as deep as you want yeah, to. Absolutely. Yeah. Want to. Um, so my story uh, begins uh, probably about 15 years ago. Um, I was married and have three beautiful children who are now grown. Uh, and I found myself in an interesting situation, uh, really where I had to say, whoa, now what do I do? Um, I was married for 15 years and I had three beautiful children, young at the time, was a stay-at-home mom. And after high school, I went right into the workforce, so I had no college education. Given the fact that I was able to stay home, um, I was poured myself into my children and I did all those things, volunteered for everything, and uh, my ex-husband and uh, my husband and I at the time were going through a divorce. And so I'm sitting there like, oh, what do I do now? Because I have no college education. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm a mother to three children. How do I rise above this and how do I move forward? Because I wasn't. Uh, going to stay stuck in that situation. I'm not a person who's going to stand around waiting for someone to help me the rest of my life. I'm going to help myself. So uh, the first thing I did was get myself a part-time job and ease myself back into the workforce and um, assured my children that we were going to do what we needed to do to move through life. And then uh, I began working at um, Rowan College of Gloucester County, which used to be Gloucester County College, mm-hmm. uh, on a part-time basis. And after being there a year, I was truly inspired by the educational atmosphere, had always been involved in education with my uh, kids in the school, with the PTO. I was on the school board for six years, and I was like, I can go to school. I can do this. So at the age of 40, I began my journey uh, going to school. And... Um, took about two and a half years to earn my education and go through um, the educational associate's degree and then working part-time and raising my kids, going through a divorce. And then um, after I graduated from Gloucester County College at the time, I got a full-time job and flipped it to go to school Mm part-time and work full-time. So I now had my own steady stream of income. And, and uh, I pause you there for, yeah, right for a yeah, second because I think this, this point here is really, really important. In the book, you talk about dealing with stress and you mm-hmm. thought that you were handling it correctly oh, yeah. um, at that particular yep, point yep. in time. And I think that a lot of people are in the same boat mm-hmm. when you, know, you, you feel like you are handling it correctly, but... I don't want to tell the story too far, but it seemed like it was some point that you weren't really handling it correctly. Right. I think that we we it's a a facade to ourselves when we're dealing with super stressful situations, how we take it on and we just kind of push it down. We're like, we'll deal with that later. Mm-hmm. You know, I gotta keep moving forward. Uh, we'll take that stress on as far as like how to deal with, you know, going to school, being a non-traditional student, mm-hmm. how to how to raise kids that are going through um, and you know, a situation like mommy and daddy are no longer together Mm. and I'm trying to be everything to them and show up for them and you know now I'm in the workforce and I'm trying to earn money and you know it's way different when you're relying on a steady stream of income from your um, you know when you were married to um, I'm now the be-all end-all for Mm. some some things and so I took on the stress yes I did talk therapy which I believe in that but um, later in life is when I really started to learn some tools that have benefited me which is part Part of my story as well. Um, what do you do when you have to relieve relieve of your body of that stress? What do you do when you can't shut down the mind chatter? What do you do when you don't sleep right? You know. So those are the things. You're that, asking me. Or? Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I'm asking you. What do you do? Right. I'll be one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's too funny. So you know, taking it on and thinking we're dealing with it, and then just keep moving on and keep moving on, and right. then that's when I hit the next stressful I, situation. I think people need to take that breath to even just sit and reflect mm-hmm. the fact that one, I am stressed out and acknowledge the fact that you are going through that stress, but that there has to be that self-healing process while you're in. I think a lot of people when they're in that situation, they're so worried about and you should be making sure that, you know, their children are right and everything, but you can't help somebody else if you're not mm-hmm. healthy yourself. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you have to take that moment every once in a while and sit back and reflect on on what you're currently going through and it's it's okay you take a breath mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I don't, I don't think people okay. even know 
or even know when to take a break. Like you said, in Josie's house, we're, we're only off on Tuesdays and Fridays. Mm-hmm. But are you really off? Because there are still things that you and your wife and the children have to do. Mm-hmm. So it's never like you guys are completely able just to stop right. and reduce a lot of the chatter. Right. So that stress continues to build. Mm. <clears throat> and then we just add more and more stuff on. And exactly. before we know it, we're just so overwhelmed that we're up to here. Right. And we just can't be able to cope or manage. And mm. the next thing that comes, it just becomes a breaking point. Right, right. Well, in our family, it, and I actually talked to my wife about this this morning. And I was like, I love the weekend. And she's like, of course you do. I said, yeah, I have a job or whatever. I said, I just love the fact that as a family, mm-hmm. we can... Get up and ease into our day. Mm-hmm. We'll have coffee out on the deck. We'll talk. The kids are doing whatever, and it just—it's a huge family time for us, mm-hmm. you know, because the week is hustle and bustle mm-hmm. all day long. So this—that the weekend becomes a, a, a de, you know de-stressor for us, but we're still moving. We're still mm-hmm. doing soccer. We're still, but we're doing it as a as a family unit, mm-hmm. and we just use that as our time to recharge and deal with the nonsense of the week that we're going to be dealing with every day. Um, but let's continue. So you, you went back to uh, school, non-traditional student. What happens after that? Yeah, so uh, working and doing all the things that you need to do to move mm-hmm. forward. Um, my kids have always been a huge priority in my life. And I think that I was so worried about them that we also put our own feelings and situations aside. And, uh, you know, they, they seem to be adjusting. Kids are mm-hmm. resilient, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes a little bit more so than we as adults. So um, moving forward and working, and um, I was fortunate enough in 2009 to um, meet my um, soon-to-be second husband. And it was a great relationship. And during that time, I was still continuing my education process. And we dated for about a year. And it was a long-distance relationship because he was from Margate, and I had um, been living in West Stafford. But it worked, and things were going good. I felt like, oh, I've turned a corner here. You know, let's let's start getting life back into me, and you know, you kind of settle into your new normal. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were dating, and you know, fell in love, had plans of spending our future together. And uh, just as I was about ready, it was I was in my last semester of working on my college degree for my bachelor's. Um, we had come back from a trip, and he hadn't been feeling right. And then I'd have to say the unimaginable happened, and reality mm-hmm. set in again. And um, unfortunately, my husband, who was 48 at the time, was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. Mm-hmm. So really big blow, mm-hmm. really big blow. Um, you know, we have this misnomer that we have control mm-hmm. over our life, and we don't really have control over anything. Mm-hmm. We have control over the little things of how we show up in our day and mm-hmm. you know where we're going and the things we do, but the big picture, mm-hmm. we, we, we don't have that control. And that was a big reality check for me, saying, wait, you know, we were doing all the things. We had plans, and... How can this happen? And um, so, uh, yeah, dark, dark time again, really tough time. Uh, And we just started trying to navigate life, figuring out what we need to do to get his health back on track, to try and restore his health. And uh, going, meeting meeting doctors, Mm -hmm. doing, he had to have surgery, uh, chemo, Mm -hmm. radiation, all the things. So again, put back into that really stressful mm-hmm. 24-7, let's keep it going. You know, don't worry about yourself, Cheryl, because, you know, you don't have time. We have, mm-hmm. to, we have to worry about Frank now. You got to worry about your kids because mm-hmm. this was a huge blow. And I'm just finishing my education. And thank God Frank was a huge supporter of mine. He's like, no matter what, you're finishing because, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, it's right there. Mm -hmm. So um, thank goodness things aligned. I did graduate with my bachelor's degree and all total, it took me five years to do that. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of transitioned right into caretaker Mm -hmm. and doing what we had to do. Um, Unfortunately, after a year of traveling the country, meeting with different doctors, Mm -hmm. doing what we needed to do, um, cancer beat Frank, mm-hmm. and I lost him on June 5th, 2012, mm-hmm. to colon cancer. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, 
It was a, a, another huge blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you find that it was? It took longer for you to get out of that. I want to call it the dark place, or was it a little easier the second time around? When so. You know, it's an interesting question because um, over time people have asked me, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think was easier, Cheryl, or is there a difference between mm-hmm. the death of a marriage when um, that goes to the, you know, that, that falls apart, or the death of a loved one mm-hmm. when you're married and, you know, uh, you lose them. And both of them are a form of death. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that you can even compare the two because it's an entirely different set of feelings. Mm-hmm. But the answer is no to that. Um, I did not find myself coming out of that darkness faster. Um because I guess we have expectations in life mm-hmm. and we think about the future because that's what we should do. You know, right. we want to think about the future and the brightness. And uh, those, all those dreams and hopes were pretty much shattered. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the self-talk, and mm-hmm. I talk about that in my book a lot, w- was bad. You mm-hmm. know, like, nice job. You know, check, you're divorced. Check, you're now widowed. Check, you've, you know, you stink. You know, mm-hmm. you've failed again. And um, a form of shame and embarrassment shows up. But now I can reflect back and go, it's life. Like, I didn't say, I didn't say have cancer. And I wasn't the only one that contributed to things that caused my marriage to um, fail. Mm. But, you know, we all go through that. So Mm. it's when we get to the point of all of a sudden you realize this is life and this is what happens let yourself off the hook. What are you doing to move forward? Mm-hmm. How are you going to get out of that funk? And what can you do to rise above and just, you know, learn from it? You know, mm-hmm. it's not really failure. And, uh, you know, the, the greatest lessons that I have found in life are through these things. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, what, what did you learn? And then what can you take with you moving forward? In the book, you talk about the comfort zone. And we talk mm-hmm. about the comfort yeah. zone all the time. And um, one of the things that in my life I just focus on, I like being uncomfortable. Yeah. Because that's where all the lessons are. Mm-hmm. That's how you grow. Yes. Um, in that a couple of years ago, I put a post up. I said... I don't like feeling comfortable, like, unless I'm on vacation. When you think about it, you're on vacation, you want to be comfortable, so you don't do anything. You relax, you sit by the beach, you're not progressing. Good vacation. That's a great vacation. I'm pretty sure that when you go on vacation, there's a whole itinerary of things to do and things to see. And you know what? That's how my life used to be. Total type A, a huge list. (laughs) Change. Yes. But now, Uh I'm I'm learning to chill and just like ease. Stay in the hotel just to get room service? Yeah, sometimes, you know. All the time. All the things you got to do. Good stuff. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I do like to be comfortable. Right. On vacation at least. But there's no growth, like, you know, and being comfortable. And I feel like a lot of people go through life trying to find that comfort zone and then once mm-hmm. they get into it is one is not what you thought it was going to be and you're mm-hmm. just kind of coasting and not really pushing yourself so I always look for things that make me uncomfortable that's how this podcast came I didn't know anything about podcasts so let's try it let's mm-hmm. see what happens yeah. you know now it's the next thing you know mm-hmm. go back to school get your doctorate whatever let's mm-hmm. try it and then I just try to find areas in my life where I think I need to work on stuff like my organizational skills was terrible so mm-hmm. I would create situations where I had to be organized like our schedule is crazy mm-hmm. forces me to become organized so there's a lot of power in that uncomfortable zone mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people are afraid to go and try um, but I want to go back to the self-talk part sure and I don't understand why and I mean I, I went through a period in my life too where it was all negative but something in me flipped and it was like the conversations I have in my head aren't necessarily you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be you should be doing something else or you might move a different way. How do you develop positive self-talk within yourself, anybody? I think it really starts when you reflect back and you start realizing the damage that you're doing to yourself. Mm-hmm. 
um, positive affirmations is something that we should be practicing and we should start really, really young mm-hmm. and start loving yourself because Absolutely. if you don't love you, and I, we've said this yeah, before, <laughs> how is it even possible for you to love someone else? Somebody, yeah. So if you can't tell yourself nice things, how can you actually be genuine and tell someone else some things that are positive about themselves? So it really begins and ends with you. Yeah. But that positive affirmations and learning that at a young age really is the way to go. Um, so that that negative because it's going to happen mm-hmm. it's going to be times when you show sure. negative thoughts <laughs> but again you, you have to be willing and prepared to adjust and adapt when those times come to start putting more more mm-hmm. and more positive information into your body and the other thing is that you can't be hanging out with negative people uh, 100%. I was going to say that yes. absolutely you got to set surround yourself mm-hmm. with good positive people create your tribe mm-hmm. and have each other be lifted up by one another mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and what you practice grows stronger mm-hmm. so i think if you practice positivity and love and mm-hmm. compassion and kindness and like you said love for yourself that mm-hmm. grows stronger but if you're sitting there and you're practicing negativity mm-hmm. and jealousy mm-hmm. and envy and hatred that mm-hmm. will go stronger mm-hmm. you know absolutely. and so you have to really choose mm-hmm. who you surround yourself with what kind of feelings are they bringing because it's all an energy mm-hmm. exchange Absolutely. yeah so you brought up young people and i never asked you this question how do you handle stress and what do you um, do i watch youtube and <laughs> play with slime and play with slime slime is your and i also like i like to talk about it i don't know mm-hmm. why because like i feel like if i talk about it then i'll like I'll figure out the positive in it mm-hmm. and like move forward. It's mm. good. Who do you talk to mostly about? Um, my friend Yasin mm-hmm. and Melanie. Talk to <laughs> Who else? You have conversations with mommy about stuff sometimes. Don't y'all have conversations? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So parents out there, make sure that you're having conversations with your kids all the mm-hmm. time. Um, even when it may seem to be difficult ones. I like, talk to no one. <laughs> you talk to yourself. I talk to that poppy wine. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever makes poppy wine, listen, shout out to you. We need sponsorship over here. Make sure that you love. Poppy wine, please listen to me. Yeah, yeah. Poppy wine, I, I really love you, poppy wine. <laughs> That's funny. Let's talk about counseling. Because uh, there's a lot of, and I know what, I went through it myself. Like, I don't, I don't need to talk to nobody. I don't need to go see a counselor and, and all that stuff what drove you to the point where like you, you felt like you needed to to have someone to talk to about the sure that you were going uh, when you can't shut down your mind mm-hmm. and you can't sleep and your thoughts are scattered and you can't make clear good decisions mm-hmm. that's when I knew I kind of mm-hmm. needed to sit with someone and talk about it Sure, I can unload on a friend, but I wanted that professional, mm-hmm. you know, help back. I wanted some feedback on, okay, how am I feeling? And I, you know, you don't want to go to that deep, dark place that it's too hard to mm-hmm. pull yourself that back out. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that place. That place is beyond poppy wine. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, and I have to say that um, I'm a big believer in it. I've mm-hmm. been through it several times in my life um, because I've been through some crazy times, mm-hmm. and when I. I went, um, my therapist said to me, all right, Cheryl, I can sit here and do all the things, but you've got to help yourself too. You've got to move that negative energy. You've got to get things. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when she said, find an outlet, find an outlet for you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean find an outlet? What? I don't have time for this. And she's like, go do, go to the gym, go outside mm-hmm. and walk, be with outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go get an activity. And that's when I discovered um, my yoga practice mm-hmm. and the passion that I had with that. That's just moving moving energy mm-hmm. and along came with yoga was meditation which mm-hmm. is what my huge practice is to this day and those two tools those teachings mm-hmm. have allowed me to forgive myself mm-hmm. as I said in the book for all the things that I did or didn't do or say or should have said and just allow myself to be where I am now mm-hmm. and things happen but I'm not stuck back in that time and I'm not carrying that like a grind on my shoulder all day and go well listen to what happened to me Mm -hmm. you know so you got to make a personal choice Mm -hmm. and I think one of the other things um, counseling is so helpful to allow you to just realize that uh, we 
you know, things do happen in life, as I said, and, mm. and we can't control all mm. of it. Um, but again, how are you going to move forward and what are you going to do with that information to rise above all of it? Right. So a lot of times what counseling does is it allows you to learn you. Mm. Yeah. And you get an opportunity because once you unload all these feelings, you have to reorganize your feelings. And mm. then after that, you have to come up with a plan so that the, when these feelings return, you're able to adjust and adapt so that you don't go back into that sunken place because it's really easy. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people don't find benefits in counseling simply because it makes them be uncomfortable and mm -hmm. talk about things True. and places yeah. mm -hmm. that make them feel uncomfortable. Um, and a lot of people don't like to feel comfortable, like to feel safe and stay in But in order to truly be, uh, will get the benefits of counseling, you have to be willing to address some of the weaknesses that, that are within you, All some right. things that you're hiding. Right. When I went through that process, it, it kind of got to the point where I was just like, what I was going through at that particular moment. I know what I went through in my past kind of got me into where I am, where I was at that particular moment. So, you know, my demons and stuff in the past were still affecting how I moved throughout the day. And I finally got to a point where I was just like, yeah, this is stupid. Like, I'm not going through this anymore. My life is not in turmoil. Like, why am I carrying this stuff mm -hmm. with me at this particular moment? And it changed my, I think that's where my self-talk started to change. Like, mm -hmm. before it was, you know, woe was me and, you know, this happened to me and yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, writing the book and also was a release and when I was writing the book I was going through counseling so that's mm -hmm. why you read the book there's a conversation between what it sounds like a counselor mm -hmm. um, and it kind of just got to the point where I was like this is dumb like what am I really doing mm -hmm. why am I letting this impact who I am right now don't you think too when you wrote your book at least for me when I saw the words on paper I was like let yourself off the hook. Yeah. Like, move on. Like, this is what is, and mm -hmm. and and move from there. So, yeah, very good. Yeah, there was cathartic. a lot of forgiveness. Yeah. Totally. From people in the past, myself. Mm -hmm. You know, and the stuff that happened in the past, I mean, I had no control over it. Like, why was I still hung up on it? But forgiveness was a big part uh, of you know writing that book, and that was me forgiving the people. Even when I had the conversation with them, mm -hmm. I. Myself talks and I'm forgiving everything that happened. Yeah, I want to go back to what we asked when we were doing our, uh, we were down at a conference in Atlanta and we asked a group of teachers if they had 24 hours to live, mm -hmm. um, how would they teach their class? Mm -hmm. So now my, my, I still continue to ask that question even when I talk to young people, uh, but now today it's, we're talking about forgiveness. Now, if we only have 24 hours to live, if all, does all the stuff that really happened 10, 15 years ago really matter? Really matter. Does it? So why aren't we able or willing to live as if we only have one day? Because reality is all we have. All mm -hmm. we get is the 24 <laughs> hours and sometimes for some people 12 or 10 because yeah. right. we, we never know. And life changes on a dime. Mm -hmm. I mean, I experienced that. One minute, my mm -hmm. husband Frank was fine. Mm -hmm. And the next minute after a conversation, you're not so fine. Mm -hmm. And now you may even be divined as how much longer you'll be here on this earth. Mm -hmm. And so moving forward from there, that's something that comes back into my mind often. Mm -hmm. And so moving forward in life, I don't want to stay in that because not only am I honoring his memory mm -hmm. because he wanted to be here. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that was not in God's plan. Mm -hmm. So moving forward, how, what a better way than to live my life to its fullest mm -hmm. To honor his memory, to say, no, I embrace life and I'm going to just take on whatever mm -hmm. comes at me, but I'm not going to stay in stuck because we only have the present moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're living in shoulda, coulda, wouldas, mm -hmm. that's usually like the past. Mm -hmm. And when you're living in how you try to control or that monkey mind that's like, what's going to happen and how am I going to do this? And that's anxiety and that's mm -hmm. the future. And we really only have the center lane, mm -hmm. which is the present mm -hmm. moment. When we start going out of that lane, mm -hmm. that's when it becomes really tricky and, and hairy. And that's when the mind starts to play tricks on you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The mind is so powerful. And it can put things and images in your mind that you didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. Or even somebody that you <coughs> have a conversation with can actually put something yeah. into mm -hmm. your mind. And all of a sudden, you will develop feeling based on a thought that you've never had until right. somebody put it there. Right. Your self-doubt creeps in because of what their perception <coughs> is of you. And you're like, mm -hmm. wait a minute. That's, mm -hmm. that's not true. Mm -hmm. But why do we allow those feelings to come in? Because if you don't, if you know it's not true, why mm -hmm. are you allowing someone other's opinion mm -hmm. to navigate your, your decisions? Right. Your 
you're giving somebody yeah. more power over your yeah. life Absolutely. Than, than you do. Yeah. I, I like when, when people, you know, share stuff with me and the people that don't even like them that have opinions about them and they yeah. hold that opinion or that weighs more than the opinion that they have about themselves. Yeah. Like, she don't even like me. Why are you worried about what yeah. she thinks? Hey, that's crazy. Um, another exercise that I did was um, to write down all the at that present moment all the negative things that was going on in my life but mm-hmm. also all the positives mm-hmm. and when I looked at it like I couldn't stop writing all the positive stuff mm-hmm. and I, was, I looked at all the negative like you said I was like this stuff, stuff don't even matter mm-hmm. like it doesn't what why am I paying attention to it? You know the saying, wherever your focus is, mm-hmm. your energy goes. So why am I focusing so much on the negative and when all of this beautiful stuff is is, is around me? Mm-hmm. Um, I, just, I don't know why. It are, is it our human nature that we're just gravitated to negative things and just want to dwell on it? As I, I feel like it's an excuse. and There's a way out for them to, to say that I'm not here because of this. I don't think that's something that we practice. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we actually practice being able to have or manage our emotions, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, because it can be one thing that happens. Like, you can spill your coffee and that will set the tone for, for the you. Whole day. Yeah. 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 How about this? How about you shouldn't be drinking coffee? <laughs> I like yeah. coffee. How about you shouldn't be drinking coffee with additional sugar and extra cream? And how about that? You shouldn't yeah. have it because, again, it's even with the food that we eat mm. that sets a tone with our emotions. So Absolutely. our diets, including mine, but I like fast food. It's horrible. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, 99% of the things in our life can be going right, but mm-hmm. our minds go to that 1% mm-hmm. and you just sit and dwell on it. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I like to do that I'll share with you two is uh, I like to practice gratitude. So every day when I wake up, in addition to my meditation practice, mm-hmm. I write down in a journal three things that I'm grateful for mm-hmm. that day mm-hmm. and three things that would make the day great mm-hmm. and then two I am statements, mm-hmm. super fat, powerful mm-hmm. affirmations mm-hmm. like you said. Mm-hmm. And if you begin your day like that, it's amazing how it starts to change and you're mm-hmm. looking for gratitude mm-hmm. and good things that happen all throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And you can do the same practice in the evening before you go to bed. It literally takes five minutes. Mm-hmm. Five Along minutes. the same word, uh, lines, um, I just read Common's book, Let Love Have the Last Word. Okay. Right? And the title in itself got me thinking. And I posted this at work and I do these Thursday thoughts of the day thing. And I said... That's a new job. Yeah. <laughs> I said that... Um, I'm going to every time every communication I have with somebody I'm going to let love have the last word so I may you know have something difficult to say about you Mm -hmm. but I'm going to end my conversation with everybody that I talk to with a love statement Mm -hmm. you know something positive and it's a practice that we do with our family I kiss my kids good night I love you every single night so any person that I come across and it's a healing thing for me too mm-hmm. like you know I'm ending on a positive note so my you know if anybody wants anything to take with them that is going to help them mm-hmm. um, especially through difficult conversations or stuff like that let love have the last word mm-hmm. um, and I, I, that since I'm in practice of that I, I really the emotion, I used to get caught up in a lot of the emotions of like, for example, when my coworkers might have done something stupid and like, why are you doing it? I got reprimanded and I would mm-hmm. go home and I would carry it with me, but I would never ever, you know, never ever end with the love statement, so mm-hmm. to speak. But ever since I started doing that, it, I saw the conversations ease down and I started feeling better mm-hmm. about, you know, at that statement. So mm-hmm. love had the last word sometimes. I love that. Especially in your, your relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, when we're talking about life, some of the things that we actually are experiencing is really not a big deal in comparison to what other people People are are dealing with. Yes. Yes. It becomes really minute, and it's Mm -hmm. like, why are we even focusing and having these emotions attached to certain things that we don't have control over, but is having actually controlled our entire day? I think a lot of people play that comparing game, like they're comparing their life to somebody else's. And I think a lot of people get caught up in, I'm not where I want to be, but they don't know really what they want to be. They just see what they think from somebody else. Like they're trying to play, keep up with the Joneses on sort of on some mm-hmm. on some level more than not necessarily on a you know material level. But mm-hmm. you're where you think you should be is based upon what you probably have seen somebody else do. Like a lot of people, you know, I want to be a millionaire and drive these fancy cars and whatever. You're basing it off of somebody else's reality, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really true. It's about somebody's vision board. So, <laughs> right. at the age of 25, I want to be here. At the age of 30, I want to be here. Right. But in all of those plans that you have, you don't factor in that life is going to happen. Oh, yeah. 
and things are going to push that schedule that you have pre-planned is going to push it back a little bit and it's going to push it back and it's going to be a delay mm. how about this how about just being happy that you're healthy well, how about, number how about one yeah, number how about one the, every day yes yeah. how about that how about just be happy that you can you know wake up and talk and mm. hear yeah. developing your senses how about being grateful for the little things exactly and I think that's what we get away mm. from it's the little stuff yeah, aiming to transition that to business because they, yeah, their power perspective don't have a business plan. I ain't right now. No, we don't have a business plan. We don't have a format for this show. Just <laughs> get up and do that. But you love it. Right. Yeah. You get a text, hey, we going to do a podcast at 3 o'clock. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. He didn't even say who's on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I just got a new little habit. Um, but a lot of, you know, some, we talked about some, a lot of good things here that I think our audience definitely needs to hear um, you know, on, on there. You learn anything today? Mm, yeah. What did you learn? I'm putting you on the spot. Um, I don't know. No, no. A lot to take in, a lot of heavy stuff. Do you talk bad in your head to yourself? Or is all all these positive stuff that in your head? Both. Both? Mm-hmm. No. You're hard on yourself, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. You get that from your mother. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Perfection. As long yeah. as you have an outlet. Right? Yeah. Slimes the outlet. Maybe let's I talk, let's talk about yoga. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. yoga. Yes, let's, let's talk about yoga. It. Yeah. Bear yoga. <laughs> Bear yoga? Beer. Beer yoga. I watched it. I watched oh. the episode. This I don't know. You'll have to inform me. Beer in Chicago. Beer this is a, yeah, with Kevin Hart. So every yeah. time they oh. would change your pose, they, <laughs> they would take a sip. Yeah. I would imagine by the end it would be uh, pretty sloppy. It was for yeah. him. It was yeah. all over the place. Poppy wine. This is something that we can you know, work together on. <laughs> wine, yoga. Wine, yeah. yoga. Yeah. Sponsored by Poppy wine. Because we're, we're looking to, to do something like that. Um, like um, Niso's wife, Rebecca, said, you guys are always talking to people, and they're always having, you know, these kind of things that they want to do. You guys will go do something instead <laughs> of sitting in front of, you know, the camera just talking. So we're, we're planning some kind of way to do yoga or go to his fitness gym because I think they were out working him the other day. Yeah, they 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 trying to kill me over here. They in the boxing for years. Mm, that's good. Maybe I'll get the two of you sitting and we can meditate together too. I'm gonna fall asleep and tell you that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Is it gonna be poppy wine? Poppy wine at the end okay. if you get oh. successfully complete oh, the meditation. Oh, now we're talking. Yeah. Put on a baby plan. Yeah. Reward You'll fall asleep, but you really focus on here and there. You got focus on our breath. Yeah. You got poppy wine in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> but breathing is really therapeutic, and it will be able to slow down some of those thoughts that pop mm-hmm. into your mind. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, not only do you need breathing to continue to live, <laughs> right. uh, but when you slow down your breathing, you slow down your heart rate, which will slow down those thoughts that are going to your mind. Right, because mm-hmm. the first time that we say you're encountering a difficult situation, mm-hmm. what's the first thing you normally do? <gasps> mm-hmm. yep. Hold your breath. Squeeze your body, tension sets mm-hmm. in, probably hold it in your jaw, your shoulders mm-hmm. are up near your ears, your stomach tightens, mm-hmm. and your breath changes. And as mm-hmm. soon as your breath changes, then that's where like all the anxiety starts mm-hmm. to set in. So like you said, then you go, okay, breathe, mm-hmm. breathe in, breathe out, and then focusing on your breath. And mm-hmm. that's where you can release a lot of tension from. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, you have your breath, you can meditate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to set up a meditation session. There we, we go. Are. We're Let's do it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see what happens. I'm going to get my wine. That's what I'm going to bring yeah. my pillow. I'm going to bring 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 <laughs> That's too funny. But let's switch gears a little bit uh, on our show. We like to have fun at the end of our show. So uh, we have some some questions that we typically ask our our, our mm-hmm. guests on the show. And um, we've been, doing, I guess it's two years now, mm-hmm. traveling up and down the East Coast, Midwest, trying to find out if people are petty. Mm-hmm. And that's, our, that's what we are trying to find out. You don't have to ask me. I'm going to tell you right now because I'm going to be truthful. I am petty. I totally think people can be petty. Yeah. Are you you petty? I try not to be petty. How do you try not to be petty? I think um, I try not to get caught up in the little stuff. 
sometimes you need to get close. Oh, you do. Stuff. You're right. It happens. There's no way that you you can stay away from it. But I think it's a practice. I think you have to make yourself aware and say, I don't want to get caught up in that pettiness. I don't want to get caught up in that trauma. How about just embracing it? When embracing you embrace it? the pettiness, then you don't have to worry about it. You know, squat. <laughs> I guess that's a different perspective. Yeah, it's okay. That's just the atomic perspective. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we can agree to disagree because I don't want to get petty here. <laughs> That's why I'm saying that yeah, you don't want to be petty. Right? Right? <laughs> Not wanting to be petty is petty. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think you go out of your way to create petty. I do. I'm, I'm very good at finding petty people. It's like an energy. So even the other day when uh, the nurses came in, right, the closer they got to me, the more petty her complaints got. <laughs> You're like, bring it on. I'm absolutely. ready. I'm ready. Rub me your pettiness yes, off for other absolutely. people. Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's what happened. Um, Guido had a birthday. Shout out to Guido. So he had a birthday. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm hearing him saying happy birthday. So I'm in the middle of a conversation with a kid. Hold that phone. Pick up the phone. Now, hey, I hear you guys singing happy birthday. Um, where's my cake? She said, what do you mean? I said, no, you guys are singing happy birthday. I know there's cake somewhere. She said, well, Spence, honestly, um, you know, we were just singing happy birthday to him. There's really no cake. I said, no, it's cake somewhere. So she said, you know what? Okay, we're just going to bring you some cake. So if I wasn't being petty about the cake. You would have missed out. I didn't even want the cake because it was too early in the morning. But <laughs> just the simple fact that there was a celebration, I wasn't invited, and I knew that there was cake. I think it was petty the fact that they lied to you. Yes. Yes, the nurses lied. They're not supposed to, well, I guess nurses do You should have been the first to know that it was someone's birthday. Um, I really didn't think about that. I really didn't care about that. The only thing I cared about was who had cake who had and cake. why am I not getting yeah, any cake? Right, right. So, and, then, and I didn't eat the cake. I gave the cake away yes. to the kid. I'm like, hey, you want some cake? Yeah, I'd love to have some cake. I'm, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Listen to this podcast. Please send Carice cake. <laughs> <laughs> and wine. And wine. Say happy birthday first. Just send us some cake. That is too yes. funny. Uh, we have also another question, typically. Uh, you watch movies? I do. Uh, what was the last movie that made you cry? Mm, what was the last movie that made me cry? You think about that, too. Did you, did you cry? I do cry, when, yes. When was the last time you cried? Oh, crying oh, is healthy. Crying is healthy. But, yeah, uh, probably just a few weeks ago. Hmm. Yeah. Were, were you watching, um, what was the movie with the basketball? Coach Carter, and he gave a speech. No, I didn't no. see that movie. Well, you got to watch Coach Carter. That was a great speech. That was great. Oh, the great speech or whatever. Yes, the deepest fear. Absolutely. It gets you caught up. Like, no teardrop there, but it gets you, you caught you up. You got to get the little bit love. Yes, real heavy right here. Coach Carter. Yeah. You know the last movie that made you cry? Um, I have two. One's on movie, Stranger Things. I cried. Stranger Things? Yeah. Which part? Um... I think it was like I don't know, but like it was when um um the I didn't see it, so don't look at me. The chief died. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cochita. Cochita. <laughs> well, I have all issues with uh, with seven because our nose starts to bleed, and this is not a conversation with you. But for the adults, we know what happens when your nose starts to run. Absolutely. So <laughs> Before our first the Avengers uh, Endgame when they all came back. No, not like that movie. The yeah. first one where um where we did our first DTD. Uh, um, hidden figures. Yeah. Yeah. What part did you cry about that one? When she couldn't find the bathroom and she kept running. Mm, kind of. Um, I don't. I don't remember. I feel the pain. Yeah. I feel the pain. That had to, she was sprinting. She too. was sprinting the mile. I think it was. Yeah. It's crazy. You have a movie? Yeah, so I'm sitting here, and I obviously have been to the movies since then, but the movie that I can tell you, just I bawled my eyes out, and I wish I had gone out of the movie theater because I needed, like, a box of tissues, mm-hmm. was Marley and Me, where the dog Marley. dies in the movie. And, uh, oh, my gosh, just bawling my eyes out, you know? Uh, so. seen that one. No. It's a good one. It, it is a good one. one. I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. That's something new. Probably could see. Yeah. That was a good one. Huh. I'm trying to think the last time. I don't know the last movie made me cry. Hmm. Well, Maybe the end of Avengers because I was sitting there for three hours. Like, wish I could go home kind of cry. Yeah. Get me out of here, cry. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Iron Man though. Iron Man was dead. I'm not a big oh, yeah, Avengers hero was, movie. I did not like the Avengers. It, like it, was, it wasn't worth it. 
I heard so much about it. You made me cut the lead. It's on Netflix. It's over. Now we went to the movies and saw it when it came out. It was good, but it wasn't worth it. Three hours. Just three hours we'll never ever get back. But I did cry in the part where, um, I forget, but like, the lady, I don't know, a lady got trapped or something and then went on and died. What about the one before that? Um, Infinity War when they all died. Was it Infinity War where they all started just to disappear? I don't think we've seen that one. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, I'm not a big Marvel guy. I can't. Oh, I can't, can't watch all those things. You, you got, <laughs> too busy. You don't have time. Yeah, no time. But it ain't on Netflix at this mm-hmm. point. It ain't happening. So, where can people find your book? Up. Oh, you go on to Amazon. And type in Women Who Illuminate. Mm. As I said, number one bestseller. Seven different categories. Mm. Really cool and honored to be a part of it. It's awesome. So when's number two coming out for you? I don't know. That's what a couple people have said to me. I said, we'll wait to see. Like uh, this, so this just launched and, you know, I'm excited just riding the wave. Right. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, I started a meditation business, too. So when you all want to meditate, just look me up because we can do that. Uh, Grit and Grace Meditation. Okay, so how can people find out about that business? Um, go www.gritandgracemeditation.com, and um, I can work one-on-one. I'm launching a 21-day uh, challenge starting Monday. If you want to learn about meditation, uh, have a practice, and just want to be integrity and surround yourself with like-minded individuals, mm-hmm. can help you with that. Um, I've been doing a little bit of teaching on RCSJ's campus to students uh, going into classrooms. Uh, I would love to see as young as you, Simone, learning because uh, it's a great tool. Mm-hmm. You ever had tool. Tape for? For fun. For fun. For fun. That's all right. She must ignore her sister. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Leave me alone. I do it usually before before our cheer competition. Yeah. Great. Breathe it in, breathe it out, right? Great practice. Not before soccer. I would think soccer would be a little bit more. She likes too easy. She likes too easy. That's awesome. Um, So thanks for being on our show. Thank you for having me. Awesome to be here. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I said thank welcome to you. Thank you, Yeah, thank you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, so, to the people that follow us, don't forget, you can catch it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, women who illuminate, I'm sure. Um, some great stories, and I haven't read all of them. I did read a couple of them, um, but there's some interesting stories in there, some powerful stories. Um, uh, I encourage men to read it too, because you learn a lot about women in, mm-hmm. in, this, book, in this book too. So, uh, make sure you check that out. Um, also, while you're on Amazon, you might as well cop Life Music uh, by Miso Josie. You can just type my name in or Life Music and get that story um, in there. In the end of the book, there is, um, I give some keys to how to manage uh, stressful situations and mm-hmm. how to go through life and all that stuff. Awesome. So, um, in the process of still writing Life Music 2, it's about fatherhood, so um, that's going to come out hopefully uh, within a year or so. i got to finish that up. Make sure you hit our website, empowermentperspective.com. Our store is open. Get your petty gear. Get your brazen petty mug, uh, empowerment perspective t-shirts. Uh, we got a couple other things going on out there. Working on some book bags and stuff like that for mm-hmm. children. Um, so that that's um, out there now, empowermentperspective.com. Make sure you follow us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, every social media, Twitter. Come to his house, absolutely. Just follow him around in the building. There's a feed. You want to come to my house. <laughs> It's not, it's not a museum. <laughs> they be asking, where Mr. where's Mr. Petty? <laughs> I got to put up a wax statue of Kareem in front yard. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't come to my house. I got something for you. <laughs> come to my house, um, But make sure you check us out uh, on those social media platforms. Uh, working on some other speaking engagements. Hopefully, we'll um, be in, um, where the heck are we going? New Orleans. No, New Orleans in February. We're going mm-hmm. on San Antonio in November um, and some other of course we're going to go back down to the A at the end of the at school the Lemon Pepper Wigs mm-hmm. uh, so shout out to the Innovative School Summit down there in Keeley uh, if you're an educator make sure you check out the, that conference is definitely worth going to um, and big shout out we'll give a shout out to the soon to be Dr. Darlene DeHaan mm-hmm. uh, we're finishing that up uh, so big shout out to her uh, she's got some speaking engagements out there in Boston and stuff mm-hmm. like that uh, with Mad About Science and all of those things.
things. Uh, big shout out to uh, Dr. Gillespie and Dr. Johnson, part of my cohort mm-hmm. um, out there. Um, she has a Dr. Gillespie has an art gallery down in Dallas. She just opened up, so you want to make sure that you check that out. I'll put that stuff on our website. Big shout out to her. Um, her and her husband doing some big things with children and art down there. Um, and Dr. Johnson, he just finished his, and he's you know celebrating. We got some celebrating to do. Mm-hmm. Um, then he's going to get back to his grind. Um, you want to see some work from uh, the three of us soon on cultural competence, seeing and education. So, uh, you know, primary perspective group still working, mm-hmm. still out here grinding and, and doing stuff. We also have our financial literacy program for um, middle school and high school students. Um, so we're, you know, unfolding those things. I'm um, hitting up a couple of, you know, I'm going to hit my elementary school up and a couple other schools um, in the South Jersey area. Um, then hopefully broaden it the following year mm-hmm. to other states um, once we, you know, figure out you know, a couple of cases that work out but especially for the younger kids we have to make it adapted to the, uh, those children but um, we're working mm-hmm. um, also in the summertime coming up uh, Lawns Community Day out there in Glassboro we're going to be uh, having a community day out there and we have um, working on health screenings and stuff like that coming out mm-hmm. um, my neighbor Mr. Clean is at the door uh, <laughs> telling us to wrap it up now. but um, check us out the Empowerment Perspective group at the Empowerment Perspective Mm -hmm. Until next time, stay empowered.